Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> At the time of recording this, there is only a couple of days left to order your Hawk and Cleaver The Other Stories t-shirt. We've been running a two-week long t-shirt campaign to celebrate hitting the two million download mark. So if you wanted to show off your love for your favourite horror podcasts, then quickly head over to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash shirts. There you'll be redirected to the campaign page. The t-shirts are available in black or white and in any size of your choosing, but we do need to sell a minimum of 10 shirts for the campaign to be successful. So... Head over to hawkandgleaver.com forward slash shirts and grab yours now. Black Shuck Written by Ben Errington Narrated by Josh Curran Dockett's arm burned insufferably. Each step he took was a struggle as he ducked his way through the foliage, the beacon of light deep in the trees, the only thing keeping him going. His feet were blistered, and the dried blood that dusted his face was cracking his skin, his lips peeling and his eyes falling closed more often than he could keep them open, consciousness beginning to crawl away from his every desperate grasp. 
the makeshift bandage he had wrapped around his lifeless limb after tearing the undershirt from the back of his deceased comrades was now heavy with congealed gunk, the steady metronome of a drip falling from his elbow as he shuffled along. His legs were stone and his joints were rusty. He knew that he was on the brink of collapse. Dockett had left most of his gear behind half a day ago on the hillside that had seen the massacre of his platoon. They had been ambushed, and the adversary they had faced was beyond what their worst nightmares had predicted. The men and women he had grown to know as brothers and sisters were slaughtered like animals. The predator that tore arms and legs from bodies and skin from skulls, almost unseen as it moved through them like a ferocious black flame. Somehow, Dockett had survived, despite the transcendent beast's slick talons tearing at his arm and almost splitting it in two, bone managing to cling onto the flesh and hold it together, but just barely. He had lost his footing and fallen backward down the hill, clutching his injured limb close to his body for fear it would snap like a branch. When he came to a stop, his mind was spinning in circles, and he couldn't see most of the carnage at the top of the incline, for a thick mist had drifted in like a sea of ghosts, bodies strewn amongst it. He heard a scream the final sound from a man's dying lungs, and the sudden pop of a pistol, a soldier going out fighting, the bitter end coming merely seconds later. He waited until the dust settled before surveying the flurry of death. When he found nobody left alive, he knew that he had to run as fast as he could and for as long as he could, for the unforgiving monster would soon return to pick the bones of the deceased. Dockett stumbled and managed to steady himself, several dark shapes moving between the trees. He raised his rifle, a lightweight plastic model that he'd used a 3D printer in an abandoned factory to make a dozen of after finding some blueprints at a neighbouring weapons facility. His good arm was heavy, and as he moved a shaking finger over the trigger, He groaned like the undead. Fire from a torch lit up the faces of several people as they moved closer to him, their skin smeared with dirt and their heads covered with hoods. Dockett lowered this gun and fell to his knees as a woman, her voice authoritative, spoke. How did you find this place? Dockett tried to speak, but he couldn't. Another of the strangers laughed, They began to surround him. He's a soldier, one of them said. Dockett needed water. He needed rest. But most importantly, he needed the infected arm he was carrying around with him like a terrible burden removed from his body before the sickness took hold and his brain turned black like tar. I'm hurt, Dockett said, breathing heavily. Looks that way, the woman said. Her eyes were electric blue. The other strangers held Dockett under his arms and pulled him to his feet. We can send you back the way you came, the woman stated. 
or we can slit your throat and let you die in the dirt. Your choice. Docket looked around, but couldn't focus on the faces of the strangers. He could see a structure high in the trees, surrounded at all corners by the same flaming torches that several of the men and women that fenced him in held, as if he could somehow try to escape in the state he was currently in. It was a steel storage unit, chained up in the branches almost 50 feet up, wedged between the towering trunks. There was a pulley lift system just below it, wooden planks making up floor panelling and ropes leading to ground level. The surgeon, Docket said, his brain foggy and his legs ready to give up. The woman stepped forward and Docket could see that her lips were split with a terrible scar that revealed some of her teeth. There's no help for you here, the woman insisted. Docket tried to raise his rifle again as one of the strangers kicked it hard out of his grasp, sending it into the bushes. Docket yelped like a dog as the woman reached out and grabbed his throat. She raised her voice and snarled. No help, she yelled. Docket's head fell backwards and he looked up into the trees, branches crisscrossing the moonlight. Clemency, he whispered the last word he could muster before slipping out of the hands of the strangers and onto the ground, his damaged arm falling out of the sodden sling and slapping the dirt like raw meat. He slipped out of consciousness soon after. Docket awoke lying on a gurney, an overwhelming white light above him. There were two shadows standing over him. As his eyesight sharpened, he could see that one was male and one was female. 50 milligrams of fentanyl, the male voice, soothing and well-pronounced, said, It probably won't be enough, but it'll do. Docket moved his head to the side to get a look at his arm, which was strapped to the edge of the gurney. His arm was in a bad way, black spines protruding from the split flesh as it vibrated. The organism that was growing out of his skin and splintering his bone. The burning had subsided, but Docket knew that that was because it couldn't be saved. There was nothing human left of it now. Docket's stomach flipped over as his arm sprung up with venom, trying to pull free of the restraints. He was inside a crude doctor's surgery, reflective metallic surfaces amongst various tools and medical paraphernalia. You're lucky that I woke up when I did, the man explained. They were definitely going to kill you. Docket could now see that the man standing over him was middle-aged, his face thin and his features broad. He had a slick of dark grey hair behind his eyes and thin-rimmed glasses that sat on the end of his triangular nose. He was wearing a discoloured white jacket over khaki shirt. But, seeing as you asked for me by name, the man continued, I thought I'd give you the time of day. I'm Clemency, and this is Rose. Rose was young, no more than a teenager. Her ginger hair was cropped close to her head, and she stood nearly a foot taller than Clemency, 
who was short but wide, giving the impression of strength rather than obesity. She wore a similar white coat to him, but it was ill-fitting and bunched at the elbows. Rose didn't speak or even look at Docket in the eyes. She seemed transfixed by the contaminated arm. The crawling, Clemency uttered, motioning in the direction of Docket's charred arm that looked like it had been pulled from a house fire. That's what we call it anyway, because when you're up close, it looks like it's doing that, haven't you noticed? Sweat pulled in Docket's eyes as he nodded. Crawling along like an army of ants returning to their nest, Clemency continued. It looks harmless, it really does. That's until you get its attention. Docket gnashed his teeth, his throat constricted. Then it looks anything but safe, Clemency added, biting his lip as he concentrated, examining Docket's blackened flesh. What do you call it? Docket watched as Rose began to cut away his already torn flak jacket with efficiency. As the bright light from the overhead lamp danced across her red hair and pale skin, he noticed she was flecked with thin scars from her forehead down to the bridge of her nose. Something else? Or the crawling too? Clemency said. Docket nodded again the sweat from his eyes now rolling down his cheeks. He wanted to scream, but he didn't think he even had the energy for that. Word travels fast in these places. Clemency smiled, revealing crooked, yellowing teeth. Even if the world is fucked. Rose opened the flak jacket wide and pulled it out from under Docket's writhing body with strange ease. She noticed the sweat on his face and neck, stepped to the other side of the container, and placed a cloth into the plastic box of water. When she returned, she placed the wet fabric against Docket's burning skin, soothing it somewhat. He exhaled. Nobody knows what it is, Clemency explained, as he used a pair of forceps to pull away the diseased skin which Docket could no longer feel. Nobody knows if it's alien, an experiment gone wrong, or something that had been lying dormant deep underground, awoken by this species' unparalleled desire to destroy the very ecosystem that it relies upon to, well, survive. Clemency's spectacles slipped down his nose. Fracking. That was always something that baffled me. He said, Drilling for oil or gas when we had so many sources of renewable energy at our disposal. Rose was now cutting away the remaining layers of Docket's clothing, her lips closed tight. I like to imagine that some of these planet destroying morons were digging deep when they started this shitstorm. <laughs> Clemency chuckled. I mean, I don't enjoy this new world at all, but. It would be ironic if that was the case. Docket locked eyes with Rose, and she offered him a brief smile. The soldier would have returned it if he wasn't biting down so hard. A brief glimmer of satisfaction amongst the misery, Clemency said, 
pulling away a slippery chunk of Dockett's arm. Dockett could see the gore of the procedure in his peripheral vision, so he looked away, the silver and grey of the surgery interior providing no respite for his agony. Sorry, I tend to talk too much when I'm working, Clemency clarified. Unlike Rose, who hasn't spoken a single word since she rocked up here, naked and alone, years ago now. That was an eventful day. Rose looked at Clemency, as if to show her dislike for his choice of words. Rumour has it she saw the shuck and it shut her the hell up. (laughs) Clemency laughed, paying no attention to Rose. Try saying that three times fast. Dockett looked at Clemency, and then at Rose. The girl's eyes were wide, as if she were recalling a distant memory. The memory of a nightmare. Luckily, she turned out to have some medical training of sorts, Clemency continued. Which was good. I regularly have my hands full of the... Shuck, Dockett murmured. Clemency stopped and looked at Rose, the pair of them suddenly concerned. Yes, the shuck, the dog, the great black beast, the surgeon explained. The black shuck. That's the full title we've assigned it. The worst of the worst, the crawling's perfect creation. Dockett's breathing intensified. How it managed to form the shape of a canine monster, I'll never know. Clemency pondered. It must have assimilated or copied it somehow, which is odd. The crawling isn't known to take forms much larger than that of a small cluster of cells. Once it's done with us, it moves on. Dockett squirmed. I've seen it. It's what attacked me, he said between laboured breaths. It butchered my troop. Killed them. All. Clemency looked concerned as he gestured at Rose, who moved into the corner of the unit and opened a padlocked chest. Nobody lives after contact with the shuck, Clemency explained. I'm surprised it hasn't taken you already. We need to amputate this arm, my friend. Rose pulled a rotary saw from the chest and brought it over to the gurney. Clemency was already urgent in his actions, using a heavy-duty suture to create a tourniquet at the top of Dockett's arm, which was rotten with flaps of poisoned muscle. There was a scream at ground level, and other voices shouted almost in unison, their terror dispersing as they evaded an oncoming threat. Clemency stood up straight, several strands of his grey hair falling onto the rim of his glasses. His mouth was round, and he looked distraught. Rose moved towards the door of the storage unit, and pulled the mechanism that kept it locked from the inside. But Clemency put a hand on her shoulder to stop her from opening it. There was a flurry of fire from Dockett's rifle, one of the strangers who had taken it from him using it as a last line of defence. But even in the soldier's barely lucid state, he knew it was too late. The screams carried on, but he knew that they wouldn't last for much longer. The black shuck had tracked him here. 
Clemency began rooting around in the drawer of a cabinet, taking out a 9mm pistol and sliding in a magazine. Dockett felt a burn twist in his stomach and shoot up from his throat, painful bile spewing from his lips. There was a darkness within him that was desperate to pull itself free, his arm convulsing more violent than before. Dockett watched from half-open eyes as his arm twitched with vigour, sharp black needles jolting out from the split in the limb, tearing it open. Dockett writhed around like a rodent caught in a trap, his arm sprouting terrible spikes as it spewed out goo, black molluscs pooling around him, the crawling taking hold. He was soon free of the restraints, and upon clemency, his arm swinging like a mace and caving in the surgeon's skull. Dockett watched as the split in the head of the doctor began to tarnish with dark blood the black of the organism already working its way into the exposed cells. Rose had opened the door of the surgery and leapt to the rope of the pulley system that operated the lift, climbing down frantically. Dockett stood in the doorway, looking down at the bloodbath in the night, the slick silhouette of the shuck lurking in the undergrowth before springing out of cover and snatching up Rose with alarming speed. The black shuck, the black shuck began to absorb Rose as she squealed, her voice cracking as the manifestation of the crawling fed on her. Dockett longed to be next. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Black Shuck was written by Ben Errington, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes and music by Andrew K.N. and Tom Robson. Remember, you only have a couple of days left to grab your Hawk and Cleaver The Other Stories t-shirt. To celebrate hitting the 2 million download mark, we've been running a two-week-long t-shirt campaign. So if you wanted to show off your love for your favourite horror podcast, then head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash shirts. There you'll be redirected to the campaign page. The shirts are available in black or white and in any size if you're choosing, but we do need to sell a minimum of 10 shirts for the campaign to be successful. So head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash shirts and grab yours today. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.